Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have an NWSL quarterfinal preview. The postseason is officially here. We've got games happening this weekend. We're going to do a preview. We're going to try to make some picks. We're going to try to talk about some soccer-related things. Before we get into all of it, quick reminder to watch all of our Attacking Third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews, and more on YouTube. Subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We've arrived, Lisa. Quarterfinal action is going to be happening on Sunday. Hello to you. Shout out to anyone else who's joining us this morning in the chat. Hope you've got your your favorite morning beverage, whatever that is. Get cozy. Sandra, get- I have I have too many beverages. I also have water. Oh, you know, got a seltzer. <laughs> got a, got a, got a we got to stay hydrated. We got to stay hydrated. You know. Yeah. Um, it it is a pleasure to be here. I mean, it's a pleasure to be here with you to have playoff matches coming up in the NWSL. Um, it's the second year with six teams making the postseason. So we've got quarterfinal action this weekend, and then the race continues on for the championship and the final, but some really top quality teams, um, in this, uh, the matches this weekend in the two games that will be played on Sunday, I am really excited to dive into like the nitty gritty details and the analytics of these four teams, what we can expect from them, what we're looking at this weekend um, and how it's all going to play out. Because one of my favorite things that we do is give our picks and predictions for what's going to happen, who's going to score goals, everything like that, because I get to look into my crystal ball and make some big decisions. It's very fun. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody knows we're like always correct on those right har, har. <laughs> oh like yeah we've never been wrong not yeah, once yeah <laughs> never ever ever uh yeah I'm, I'm excited we were chatting a little bit you know content planning for this and, and off mic um i'll bring it on mic now just you know the the fact that these are you know we're here it's, it's here this is mm-hmm. this is the playoffs it's it's a it's a different phase of the season quite frankly uh for for 
certain teams at this time of year um, and that we were going to have fun with it because when when you're in, it's it's truly anyone's game, that anything oh can God. happen, quite frankly. So we are excited to um, to talk about the, these four teams who are going to be going head-to-head on Sunday. Let's, let's chat a little bit for folks who are, uh, you know, new here or unfamiliar with the uh, NWSL playoff schedule and or rules. Um, this is the second official year in which the NWSL is participating in this ex- expanded um, playoff format. Uh, all years prior, all eight years prior uh, of the league, it was always the top four teams uh, meeting in a semifinal, uh, four teams going head to head. And then just last year and this year, expanded to six teams that includes a quarter final round. And that is what is going to be uh, taking place this weekend. So we've got uh, Kansas or we've got Kansas city current, the number five seed heading to Houston to face off against the number four seeded Houston dash. That's going to be kicking off at 5 PM Eastern on Paramount plus. And then there's a late night, late, late night quarterfinal matchup. It's going to be number six, Chicago red stars on the road against number three, San Diego Wave FC, that one you could catch all the action starting at 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. It's an exciting time. It is truly exciting times. Yeah, you can watch um, almost all of these games throughout the playoffs on CBS Sports Network, except uh, the first one that Kansas City Current against Houston. That'll be on Paramount Plus. And then um, the championship that will be on Paramount Plus and Big CBS. That's October 29th at 8 p.m. prime time. It's in Washington, D.C. at Audi Field. That is huge. But this comes after the playoffs come after the first balanced schedule in NWSL history, the first truly balanced schedule in NWSL history, because with 12 teams in the league, um, there were 22 games per club, uh, which is also the least amount of games since 2016 that had 20 games in that one. So this truly balanced schedule featured every single team playing against every single opponent, one match at home, one match away. And that really evened out the the playing field as we get into this postseason. Because I remember talking about it last year. And it was like, okay, well, this team played this team three times, two at home, one away, and now they're playing away again. Like, how does that balance things out? But it's it's all balanced this year, which I think makes it a it, more of an even playing field heading into the postseason. Um, but – Of course, the postseason shakes things up a little bit, as it always does. As we uh, neared the end of the regular season, we talked about on here how the rules changed in terms of yellow card accumulation. There was no more yellow card accumulation into um, the final regular season that would carry over into the playoffs. However, if a player received a red card or a double yellow card, they would have to sit out for a playoff game or their very first regular season match in 2020. to the next year. So some of the rules that have changed in this one, um, we can't end in a draw anymore. We're in the postseason, Sandra. Yep. We got to get a winner. We've got to get a loser. No draws for our picks or for these teams. So at yep. the end of regulation, every single playoff game, um, if it's tied, will go into extra time. And that'll be two 15-minute periods. There's no golden goal. 
Then if it's still tied after the 30 minutes to 15 minute periods, it will go into penalty kicks. Um, There's still no yellow card accumulation for the playoffs um, and the substitution rules remain the same for those that keep track of that. So five substitutes per team, not including a concussion substitute. And there are three windows other than halftime. So a lot of teams make subs at halftime and that's not a window. I get questions about this all the time when I'm calling games. They're like, is that a window? Is this a window? How many subs do they have left? However, if, a match goes into extra time because it's tied at the end of regulation. Each team gets one more sub and one more substitute window. Um, And additionally, anything that's not used in regulation will carry over into uh, the, the extra time at the end of a game because we need a winner. We need a loser. So when you're, you're setting your alarms for these games, we've got the first one, Kansas city, Houston at 5 PM Eastern and then Chicago, San Diego at 10 PM Eastern. Set your alarm a lot time for a little bit of extra time because we, we always we always get into that too. It's not just a two-hour game that's gonna end in regulation. This could go into extra time. This could go yeah. into penalty kicks. We could be going all night long for these games. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, you can you can definitely take a little nap in between that, a Look. Sunday afternoon nap. <laughs> Listen, as two people who do a show like 75 times a week. <laughs> I was looking at this schedule and I said, hey, there's maybe a little window of opportunity here for me <laughs> to maybe get in a nap uh, over this long day, especially especially with like listening to you, like sort of run down the, you know, run down the rules and, and, and regulations and stuff for these for these matches, because they are playoff ma- matches. There has to be a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea that there's even a possibility of a you know 10 p.m eastern kickoff that could go into extra time or oh yeah not for penalties like that's a late and night. you know it's not no matter who's playing you know that the late night game is going to go into extra time it's going to go into penalty <laughs> kicks because that's just how it goes but you're exactly right with actually i'm gonna thank the the league for scheduling yeah. it like this because with a five o'clock kickoff for the Pretty first good. game eastern say that goes until Eight. We'll give them three hours, which is a very long runtime. Usually games are about two hours total. Uh, You still get a two-hour nap in there on the couch, snuggle up with a blanket, a little cup of tea, plenty of time for a little cat nap before the the night game kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. I am thrilled about this. I'm really excited that it's here this weekend. We, I'm, I'm just so excited for it, and I'm really excited to talk about it and get your thoughts on the matches and and the teams and everything that's happening. Because, uh, yeah, your Chicago Red Stars—they're back in it, Sandra. They are back in it, and we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> right. We will. They're they're the later they're the later game. So we'll be making those picks right after uh, we talk about this first game. But let's hop into it. Number four versus number five. Houston Dash hosting Kansas City Current PNC Stadium. That one's kicking off 5 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Look, these are two teams who've played each other several times this year. We're talking about throwing it back to the Challenge Cup, the 2022 Mm -hmm. Challenge Cup. Three uh, regional groups, three divisions. These two teams sort of lumped in together in a central regional group. Played each other a few times in, in, in the group play there. Have played each other a couple times in the regular season. And now they are going to be meeting for their fifth time in a NWSL quarterfinal. And 
that has been weighing on my mind in this one, Lisa. Like when we're looking at that, I'm like, is there, is there something like familiarity that's going to come into play and sort of make this game a little bit wonky at, at, at any point or time? Um, but uh, the excitement around it, maybe let's like actually start there, right? But besides giving the context behind it of these two teams sort of having played each other a handful of times this year. Um, it, it's the first postseason appearance for for these two franchises, right? Mm-hmm. Number four, number five, that's exciting. Houston Dash is getting a chance to host uh, their first home uh, playoff, NWSL playoff game at their at their stadium and they are already making headlines around that i loved seeing that drop the other day for joining us live the houston dash organization announced yesterday on wednesday that they're already broke a record that they are set to host the largest crowd ever in team history for that first playoff match they are at fourteen thousand uh tickets sold already they are looking to smash that even further mm-hmm. there's still time we're doing this on a thursday in the morning go get this your tickets game. this game. everyone in houston go get your tickets it's all over their twitter Sunday. go get them you've got time like there's still time to do this i want to go to this match like looking at mm. looking at them announce this not only are there some great uh ticket packages going on it's some really really good uh price points but they are putting together a really fun event. They are actually like making this, you know, a playoff yeah. event, you know, this, as they, they should, they're going to have all kinds of fan engagement. They announced entertainment that they're going to be having there. They're bringing back a Houston legend and WNBA, former player, Cheryl swoop. She's going to be okay. available and, you know, interacting with fans. Um, I love it. Like it's absolutely setting the scene. It is setting the stage. Oh, completely. For a playoff game. I love there- it. They're doing everything right in Houston right now because, as you mentioned, um, they've already broke that attendance record at over 14,000 tickets sold. They're looking to push that envelope a little bit farther. You mentioned all the great fan fest activities and appearances of people. They're doing – Houston's doing a deal right now. It's the 713, um, which is Houston's area code. So it's $7 game tickets. Yes. $1 hot dogs and $3 beers. If you're not going for the soccer, you're going for the $4 dinner because how can you not? I mean, that's amazing. I love you know? that. I love the way you math that and and, and remarketed it. It's so you know good. numbers aren't my strong suit. So, you know. <laughs> well, look, there's also a cool giveaway. Like you're yeah. one of the first 10,000 fans in there. You're getting a rally towel. Which look, big fan of the rally towel. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think we see that enough at a at a soccer game, quite frankly. You know, you see it in, in basketball games or you know baseball or, uh, you know NFL games. You know, I think that's like a very like a American bit of like sporting culture, and I love that that's a bit mm-hmm. of a crossover here, for for Houston and uh, and their playoff soccer games. So uh, it's been exciting to sort of. Um, have this kind of seat, you know, this sort of seat on the internet, sort of seeing all of these things uh, coming out with, with Houston, you know, uh, Dash President Jessica O'Neill really sort of taking this head on and, um, you know, saying that they have, the, the franchise has embraced the opportunity to be part of history on Sunday and they really wanted to, to make sure that they capitalize on this moment. And it looks like they're, they're still building on it in the, in the, in the, days remaining leading up to to Sunday. Yeah. So the scene is is set as far as I'm concerned, Lisa. The scene is like set. So there is going to be a very good environment. 
in this in, in this playoff game. Houston are are the host. I, I know you've probably got it ready already, so I'm gonna give this to you because we gotta start leaning into picks and, and what we think might play out. Do you have who's your winner in this one? And when we should probably let the, the folks know maybe a little bit of the, the history be- between these two teams this year. For sure. Sandra, of course I've got it laid out. Don't worry, I've got all my oh, stats, I've got my notebooks, I've got everything ready. I I, I toss them up and, and you knock them out, buddy. That's how it goes. I mean, it is playoffs in the in baseball right now, of course. Uh, so when we look at this, as you just said, Sandra, Houston has set the scene perfectly for themselves um, to be at home for this first ever club playoff game and they get to host it like that's huge for them. But they need that extra little bit of help because Houston has never beaten Kansas City at home in Houston. They've. Uh, They played throughout the Challenge Cup, and they played twice during the regular season. Um, During the Challenge Cup, Kansas City won both of those matches against the Dash. And then throughout the regular season, they split them. But at home, the Dash have have never beaten the current. So they need that little bit of, of extra help from the fans in the Houston Stadium. We, we also have to reflect on how Houston ended their regular season because they went out on a bang. They, they, they beat Washington 2-1 to one to end the regular season. Um, and I love to look at that last regular season game. And as a coach, as a player, I'm sure Houston dissected that match against Washington and said, okay, how do we improve? How do we get better, right? They had international break. They gave the players a little bit of time off this past week um, to kind of reset mentally, uh, get their bodies in check. But... When looking at game film, you have to assess um, the variables, the controllables that you can control and sometimes what you can't. And when you play a game, sometimes your opponent just nails a rocket of a shot. You did everything you could, but like, hey, they're going to score that. And like, that's okay. That's why it's called a game and you have to get two more than them. But in this last match that Houston played against Washington, they conceded a penalty kick to Andy Sullivan and then they forced an own goal. So these are some of the controllables that Houston can control. You can't give up a penalty kick, especially in the postseason, in the playoffs, especially going up against a Kansas City side that's got Lola Bonta knocking down five of her six penalty kicks this year. This year, Houston cannot give up a foul in the box because Kansas City is going to knock it dead. And they did that again against Washington. So they can learn from that mistake. But then Houston also forced an own goal to get the win over Washington. They put so much pressure on the Spirits back line. Um, Nichelle Prince ends up getting, getting stuck in and they force an own goal, which gives Houston the win. So that's another controllable that Houston can control. Keep their foot on the gas presser pedal keep pressure as high as they can against Kansas City and keep going for it um when you look at the coaching staff Juan uh, uh, Carlos Amoros he's stepped in in July he hasn't played against Kansas City yet I think that's really important to talk about because um Juan Carlos Amaros has turned this team around for Houston and he's created this culture of ruthlessness, of defensive efforts all over the pitch. Um, he helped uh, Ebony Salmon, right? She she steps in in July 1st, ends up getting nine goals, leading the team with a hat trick and a brace. But Juan Carlos Amaros has changed the culture a little bit at Houston and he's never gone up against Matt Potter and this Kansas City side. So that gives Houston a bit of an advantage over Kansas City as well. Um, in terms of like lineups and formation that these two sides have uh, most recently Kansas City's been playing in like a 3-5-2 and Houston's been in a 4-3-3 so numbers wise I think Houston would have the advantage up top right if you've got Sanchez if you've got Prince up there you've got Salmon running at Kansas City's back line I think that gives you an advantage and we've never seen these two sides play against each other in the current form that they're in 
So that's one of the things I am most excited for to see how Kansas City's back line matches up against Houston's front line with their speed, with their ability to attack in a variety of ways, whether it's down the flank, um, sending crosses in, getting shots from distance. We've seen that a lot from Houston this year. So how how does Kansas City combat that? Now for the Kansas City current side. Their last regular season game was um, – disappointing, I'm going to say, right? It was a 1-0 yeah. loss to Racing Louisville. They lost this one in, in the stoppage time, Jess McDonald getting the goal for Louisville. Uh, but the overall and the overarching theme for Kansas City this year has been a complete 180 from 2021. Kansas City won three games in 2021. They've turned that around and they've won 10 this year. They went on a 13-game undefeated streak. They've made the postseason. They are rocking and rolling. Now, they don't have Desiree Scott in this match against Houston. Desi, Desi got two yellows and a red card in the last match for Kansas City against Racing Louisville, so she's out. And that's a big, big loss because not only on the field does she do so much because she's that defensive block that can break up Houston's attack as they get going, give a bump to Salmon as she gets running, but Desi is also a veteran. She's also played in postseason. She's also – been been around this team and she understands um, kind of how to lead it. That's huge for them. So when you look at that, now it's kind of like how does Kansas City uh, reinforce their defensive efforts? Because up top, I'm not too worried about Kansas City, right? They've got CC Kaiser. They've got Kristen Hamilton, those two players combining for nearly half of all of Kansas City's goals this year. 13 goals between Kaiser and Hamilton of Kansas City's 29 Um and then they've got Lola Bonta with seven goals as well right under them. So they can score. They've got a variety of players doing it um, at high quantities. But it, it, I think it really comes down to how Kansas City defends against Houston's attack. Okay. I'm hearing you out. I'm hearing you out. But I'm not hearing a pick. I didn't give one yet. All right. So here's where I'm looking at. Besides all of the amazing things that you just mentioned, yes, we started off this conversation in this match talking about how there's familiarity between these two teams, but I'm with you hundred percent. It's two different teams who are going to be meeting each other under far different circumstances yeah. than they did in any of those other previous games. We're talking about a challenge cup that still has all of those kind of pre seasony feelings around it. Uh, players still getting their legs under them, getting, uh, you know, fitness back up, kicking off the rust of an offseason. And then you've got two games in May and early July before they even, you know, Houston puts in their new head coach before I think people actually were taking note of Kansas City and the performances that they were putting together during the 2022 season. And now they're just in different phases. The the rosters are different compared to the last time, uh, the any of the times that, that yep. they met. You know, mentioning players like an Ebony Salmon for Houston or somebody like a CeCe Kaiser for Kansas City Current. It's going to be big. I think it's massive to have somebody like Scott missing yeah. from this roster for, for Kansas City. I think it might open up a window of opportunity in that middle third for Houston. Uh, especially if the intent is to, you know, s start your own uh, warrior in the middle third there and somebody like a, a Sophie Schmidt, right? Sort of help dictating and disrupting things there. Um, I w I'm curious about this match that has so many 
promising attackers, ones that have excited us throughout the entire regular season. If this is going to actually boil down to more of a gritty defensive battle and goalkeeper match, yeah, an actual high octane energy. I'm looking in between the posts. I'm looking at Adriana French. I'm looking at Jane Campbell. I cannot wait to see these two goalkeepers go head to head in this quarterfinals, having to sustain attacks mm-hmm. from all of these different attackers on each side of the pitch. So when I was looking at this game, I was like, actually, this could maybe come down to some defensive things. And I'm also like, when you're looking at maybe centering on Houston here, looking at their defensive shape and Mm -hmm. in front of Jane Campbell, you've got a Katie Naughton, the iron woman for Houston dash, one of five iron women in NWSL this year to have played every single minute to date. I, uh, could not believe throughout the regular season this was someone who did not make any of the teams of the month throughout her regular season. I think she has been an absolute captain of that back mm-hmm. line, more than more than an anchor. Uh, absolutely someone who's able to help things remain organized for uh, for that Houston Dash side. And I, I really also, you know, I think her, I think Non's ability to sort of spearhead and distribute things from that position is a little bit undervalued and a little bit underrated. So I'm, I'm wondering if this game is going to come down to one of these, like we got to try something moments and like random long ball over the tops from a certain center back in the hopes that one of those attackers gets on, on the end of it, you know? And, you know, I'm also looking at, you know, for some of these players, we were talking a lot, a lot about firsts in this, uh, you know, in, in this game. And you mentioned how Scott being absent is as yeah. well as veteran presence, you know, for the current that can, you know, provide that type of leadership. And I'm sure she's still doing that, even though she's not going to be participating in game in this one. But I'm looking at that too. This is going to be, you know, a first NWSL playoff for you know, somebody like an Ebony Salmon, you know, this is going to be a first NWSL playoff for somebody like a a CC Kaiser. What do those players look like under, you know, these types of of, of bright lights and and, and big match moments? I'm, I'm eager to see it. Absolutely. hundred percent. But I think that there's enough, um, we'll just say general experience on both of these teams to sort of help even things out, whether it's in the goalkeeper position for mm-hmm. for both teams, whether it's, um, you know, even within in the midfield, whether it's, you know, if you're looking at a Schmidt for Houston, if you're looking at uh, a Labonta for for Kansas City, you know, I- I'm curious if 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 the wingers, you know, if might sort of cancel each other out here wow. as well. You know, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, you know, Mace going up a, a potentially against the you know a Sanchez at any point in, in the game. What does that look like? Oh, yeah, um, I think more than anything, I'm I'm also looking at those those little individual battles, right? Those little duos that we'll be seeing, you know, you know throughout throughout the game. I think there's the potential for this to be a highly competitive match, but I don't know if it's if I'm entirely convinced that it's going to be this sort of massive blowout kind of no. like wild scoreline type of game. 
So you're you're suggesting right now that you're think you think it's going to be low score line, tight score line, maybe even like going into extra time because of the goalkeeper battle. And I, I mean, honestly, I I respect that because yeah. these goalkeepers, French Campbell, they are yeah. tremendous. They have kept their teams in games all year, all year. I don't know. I don't know if it'll go into. I'm I'm thinking goals though. I think there's going to be goals. I think it'll get. I think this game could get tied up in in regulation. I do. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if it'll be like a heavy score. Like I, I'm not seeing like a three-two or or anything okay. like that. I'm thinking like maybe a one-zero, or even like a, a possibility of like a two-one. Okay, so we're giving score lines, we're giving goals, but we have still yet to pick winners. I'm gonna give you mine. Okay, despite everything that we just talked about. And with both of these sides, um, this was probably the hardest one for me to pick between both of these sides because they are so evenly matched in terms of like how they've gotten to this point, their nitty grittiness, their mentality. But I think Kansas City is going to win. I think that they just have a little bit more to them, a little bit more depth, a little bit more swagger to what they can do. I think Matt Potter and his experience as a coach will help Kansas City in a moment like this where they're in an environment that is incredibly hostile towards Kansas City. I imagine these Houston fans are going to be there screaming for the dash. And um, I also think that we're going to get more goals than you're suggesting. I think that we could see like – a two-one, um, maybe not a three-two, but like a two-one scoreline. I would like it to be wrapped up in regulation as well. But I am giving this win to Kansas City. I think they are going to advance and and take on OL Rain in the semis. Okay, so you see, you forecast Kansas City going to a semifinal. Yes, OL Rain in this one. Yes. All right, I'm I'm with you on that. I look the other side of this, Lisa. That was so difficult to make this pick. Is is hearing you go through. And recap sort of those final games with each of these teams. I think there's some some silver linings there. But I was also looking at the trend of these teams going into these playoffs. And for me, looking at both Houston and Kansas City, they were a little bit streaky for me towards the end of, of the season, quite yeah. frankly, going into these playoffs. And you want to sort of, you know, enter the playoffs in, in a good form, top form, Kind of, you know, the, the the concept of peaking at the right time, right? So you're talking about maybe going into a postseason if you're Kansas City, you know, two two losses, a win, a draw, you know, in, in your last four games, building up to the playoffs. Houston Dash, not too much different. They've got two wins, a loss, a draw, go, your last four games yeah. going into there. You know, so I was like, ah, oh, it's a little bit slightly streaky for me, which is also what made like me go back and forth and in, in, in terms of being able to pick what who's going to come out of this one. But you're going with Kansas City Current, and we've both been high on this team throughout the entire year. And it's partly why I'm going to be going with Houston Dash in this one. Wow. I'm well, going the opposite. I'm going to be going with the home side in this one. Uh, I really like what this team has been doing. This year, I think they have shown they have the mental capacity mm-hmm. and physical ability to be able to make those adjustments as they see fit throughout the entire season. And they have had multiple coaches at this point getting them through the Very- remainder of the season. They have had, yeah, multiple. They've had the departure of what was ultimately their franchise player. Yep. Uh, you know. 
go uh, play overseas. Rachel Daly's now in, in, in Women's Super League, you know, m- moved on to a, a different, better opportunity for her. And they made adjustments throughout the season in, in integrating, um, you know, midseason uh, players. And I'm excited to see the return of Maria Sanchez to an NWSL postseason where she's actually going to be getting minutes, yeah, meaningful, yeah. impactful minutes during a playoff. We could see what she could do. Another player similar to Naughton, who I was uh, very surprised to have not made uh, any team of the months during the regular NWSL season. I believe she made the team of the uh, Challenge Cup team overall, but, but you know, no appearances um, throughout the regular season in, in those accolades. So I'm going with Houston Dash in this one because I think if there's something that's going to prove its worth in the playoffs is the scene and environment and the setting. And I think the franchise is doing a very good job of trying to provide that backdrop. And I think it's going to be necessary for Houston as they go ahead and try to get not make only their first playoff appearance, but get that first playoff win. You're going current. I'm going dash. I love the parody. We'll have to see who's correct and what's going on here uh, because we've got another game to get through. We've got one more quarterfinal to make picks. It's going to be San Diego and Chicago Red Stars, and we're going to talk through it right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's talk about it. There's one more quarterfinal to get through here. Chicago Red Stars on the road. They're going to be facing off against San Diego Wave FC at 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. San Diego Wave, the number three overall seed in the NWSL. What a season for this team going up against six-seeded Chicago Red Stars. Let's talk about these two teams, their histories against each other, Lisa, and uh, let's try our best to make a couple of picks. <laughs> we will try our best to make picks. It's only like one of my favorite parts of what we do here at Attacking Third. Um, these two sides, right? Um, that during the season, they did not play each other during the Challenge Cup in different divisions, Chicago in the central region and San Diego in the western region, along with the other California side and the teams in the Pacific Northwest. San Diego won both of the meetings be- between the Wave and Chicago this year. 2-1 scoreline and then a 1-0 scoreline away. That, that match was at Soldier Field. It was a doubleheader with the Chicago Fire. So a lot of hype around that game, which hopefully gives these teams a little bit of a similar vibe heading into this because um, 
Chicago has the advantage in terms of postseason, right? I mean, this is their the Red Stars' seventh straight postseason appearance, um, but they've never won. They came very close last year. They made it to the final against Washington Spirit and end up losing in that championship. But they have the experience. They have um, the the know with all to be there and to know what they're doing. Even when you look at the personnel, uh, Vanessa DiBernardo, Danielle Colaprico, they've played in every single Chicago playoff game in club history. DiBernardo, she has started in every single playoff game in Chicago club history. So the experience for this Chicago side is completely there. But it doesn't mean that San Diego has none. As an expansion side, they are riding so high on the regular season that they just finished up. I mean, they sat at number one for about eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks of this regular season, sitting at the top of the standings, winning games, being defensive powerhouses. Um, and as an expansion side, I want to give a lot of credit to Casey Sony because she built this team yeah. with everything that she had in her. And she developed a chemistry with these players. Um, it's such a great mix of younger players. They've got Jaden Shaw, the 17-year-old, Naomi Gurma, the rookie, who's now uh, with the national team, probably going to be their starting center back moving forward. She's got veterans like Alex Morgan, Kaylin Sheridan. So despite Chicago being in the playoffs for seven straight years, San Diego has seven players that have also been in playoffs in the NWSL. It's Alex Morgan, Abby Dahlkamper, Mackenzie Donia, Katie Johnson, McNabb, Sheridan, Jody Taylor. So they are players with experience and big time players, right? So I think to really so much of this that it comes down to is availability. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with the people joining us live right now. I don't know the availability of <laughs> Alex Morgan, of Abby Dahlkamper, of Katie Johnson, of Taylor Korniak, um, Amira Ali. These yeah. are players that did not play in the final regular season game for Casey Stoney. You look at someone like Morgan, Korn, um, Taylor Korniak, even Dahlkamper, they did not go with the United States. Um, Korniak and Morgan, due to injury, they did not travel to Europe with the United States as internationals. So their availability is, is a big old mystery to me. Yeah. And I think the availability of those specific players, Morgan, Korniak, I'm going to say Amira Ali as well, um, changes how this game will play out 100%. Because Morgan, of course, golden boot winner, 15 goals on the year. Korniak, the midfielder who has developed such a great relationship and a chemistry with Morgan. Amira Ali, who has stepped into this uh, San Diego team and just wrecked havoc up top. Um, there are so many different pieces. Now, defensively, San Diego is going to be fine. They've been without Doc Camper for a great chunk of this season. They've got McNabb in the back. They've got Real. They've got Gurma that are doing that are just doing so so well. Um, Westfall Pogarsh, like the defensive efforts, Sheridan, of course, between the sticks, is is there for San Diego. And I don't think that's going to be a drop off. It's just if they can score goals because last regular season game of the year against North Carolina ended in a nil nil draw. Um, and San Diego didn't need that win. It would have helped them get a bit of a higher seating, but they didn't need that win. So I'm I'm curious if we saw the rest from players like Morgan, Korniak, Ali, because it wasn't a postseason game. And even if they are only 60%, it's now the postseason, they're going to play. This is a game that is a must win for San Diego. Um, they have got to get this win. It's at home. I think playing at Snapdragon gives them the advantage over Chicago to some extent. Uh, but 
I mean, Chicago's an incredibly talented team. We, we just talked about the experience that they have. You look at someone like Mallory Pugh, 11 goals, six assists on the year. Um, she's the first player since Marta in 2017 to score more than 10 goals and five assists in the same season. And this is a player that um, was missing for some of it due to international duty. So I think the battle between Pugh and Alex Morgan is going to be there. That is, that's something that's going to be there. But I think defensively, um, I, I know we talked about this with the first matchup between Houston and Kansas City. Is it going to come down to the goalkeepers? But between San Diego and Chicago, I think it's going to come down to the midfield and then the the front line. And if San Diego has their strength and has their healthy players, it'll be a different game for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I actually think that that's a little bit of, of commonality between mm-hmm. these two teams going into this game, that there are some you know, variables or unknowns about or around availability or, you know, level of fitness or, or where, you know, players might be at on um, on both sides of the ball. You know, you, you listed off a ton of key, not just any players, but really key mm-hmm. impactful players for San Diego um, and what that could look like come, come kickoff and, and what the status of their availability is. And I'm not talking about like the you know, report, the availability report that randomly drops, you know, four hours before the next day. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, those are all filled with questionable things, right? Teams will uh, utilize those as they determine. Um, But like the the actual, the actual facts and and availability of players and how they feel and, and, and how they are and if they're on Going minute restriction, right? Like it's one thing yeah. if you're training and practicing, getting touches on the ball. But if you're non-contact, if you have minute restrictions, so does that mm-hmm. mean you're going to start the game? Does that mean you're going to be yeah, warming up exactly. for the first sixty minutes and come in at the last thirty? Like there is just and so what and, and and what did the coaching staff you know feel like the mm-hmm. best you know method is within those scenarios? You know, and I think for similar to. San Diego, it's it's similar to, to Chicago. I think look, they know they're gonna be without Bianca St. George's. She was, yeah. you know, issued the immediate red, and then the disciplinary committee issued another additional game suspension. She will not be available for the Red Stars, you know, in, in this quarterfinal. That's like the one true thing that we know. Uh yeah. there's you similar to Alex Morgan, Mal Pugh did not make the a trip during the international window to Europe and and maybe a part of it was to prepare for this game and ensure that you you rest up and have a full week of rest going going up uh you know into this uh NWSL quarterfinal uh, Taylor Corniak named mm-hmm. to that roster but ultimately removed right was there actually something there that they felt was a little bit bigger which indicates you should probably not make this trip in the hopes yeah. to participate in a quarterfinal. Um, Aaron Wright for the Chicago Red Stars, another player that we're looking at, you know, someone who has been on and off constantly throughout uh, this, uh, the entirety of the regular season um, has literally been sacrificing her lower torso for yeah. the Chicago Red Stars this season. Um you know, and they'll they'll have Zoe Morse back, right? Who missed that last regular season game due to a, a double yellow red card, uh, but will be available and back for for this game against San Diego. And I think if you're look if you're looking for the silver lining within the possibility of availabilities, Zoe Morse is a big one 
for this Chicago Red Stars yeah. team. So I think that's actually the 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 one of the commonalities between these two teams. That there's there's some unknowns there, right, in terms of players and how they'll they'll be ready to go for for this game. I'm sure if you ask any one of them, they're say they're gonna say we're ready. It's a playoff game. Of course. Let's go. Right. Of course. Like that. That's it. But what is that going to mean for um, the type of soccer that we're going to see on the pitch? Right. Like, what is that going to mean in terms yeah. of like, is it going to be sophisticated soccer? Is it just going to be a little bit of a grind? It's going to be a bit of a battle. Um, is, uh, you know, is this going to be more defensive? I mean, listening to you, you know, talk about the availabilities or unavailabilities for this game for the back line. That's not to say that San Diego uh, doesn't have a capable defensive shape. I mean, they've got Kalen Sheridan in that, and then they've got yeah. Irma, who's I think they have this. that defensive shape completely. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then I think even looking at Chicago, when you mentioned like somebody like a Zoe Morse coming back in, and then you have her alongside somebody like a Tatum Malazzo, right? The 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 near iron women for Chicago this mm-hmm. this year. Um, I think that that helps uh, sustain that's sort of been a, a bit of their their strongest uh you know pairing at times so uh i'm absolutely looking at that and then of course you were forgetting Alyssa Nair, right for chicago yeah. in terms of that defensive shape um as well so uh, you know just looking at even the the last couple times that these two teams met right again not massive kind of blowout types of games um especially that that more recent one where it was at a, a big stadium with a big crowd, a narrow one zero loss to, to Chicago sort of coming out of um, that CONCACAF W championship um, and team unable to, to walk away with points in that one. And, and, mm-hmm. and talking to Chicago Red Stars players about it in the buildup to, in the winding down of, of the regular season and in the buildup to these playoffs, you know, hearing them say that there's like, there were a couple games towards that second half of the season that they looked at and said, this is a game where we should have walked away with points and games specifically that they went back to look at and try to work on things uh, in terms of correcting errors that might've been made. And that, that San Diego wave FC game at soldier field was absolutely one of them. Um, So I'm, I'm very curious to see how the, you know, adjustments are made and how they're, they're, they're Mm -hmm. shaped. Look, we talked about this Houston, Kansas city game about the concept of a, of a 12th player, right. Having the, the scene set, having the environment for you, this, this team and franchise, they've moved. They're officially a team that plays in Snapdragon stadium. So massive. And and they can pack it. And, And we've seen the fans show up to Snapdragon in San Diego yeah. for this wave side. And uh, that's an advantage for San Diego. Yeah. And I think if you're a visiting side going into that, whether you're Kansas city going to Houston or whether you're Chicago going to San Diego, you're maybe partially motivated by that in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, we, we hear from players all the time in the league that even if they're the opposition or the visiting side, they are thrilled to go into stadiums that have these types of scenes mm-hmm. Some there's probably no better feeling than getting a win in front of a capacity crowd as the visiting side. Huge. So, um, you know, they San Diego has had one sellout in in um, Snapdragon already. I wouldn't be surprised if if closer to the game they get a little bit closer to to that as well. 
Um, and that will have to be one of those things that Chicago maybe tries to turn into an opportunity. Because another thing that we haven't talked about here is Chicago doesn't have a great record on the road nope. this year. Um, they're better at home, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And this is where, while it's a great accomplishment for this franchise and this club and those players to have put together the season that they have under the circumstances which have presented itself to them is incredibly admirable, but it's affected them in their seating yeah. and they're going in here as a six yeah. seed. And no matter what happens in these playoffs, they will always be on the road and they don't have a good road record. So it's like, it's similar to, to Houston, Kansas city. This game was also a struggle for me to, to make a pick, you know, because similar, similar to Kansas city, we've also been high on San Diego. I'm with you hundred percent on Everything that you've mentioned with this franchise, I mean, there's so many things for this club to be proud of coming into their expansion year, their inaugural season. Casey Stoney adapting very quickly Huge. to the NWSL and styles and, and coaching this team through it. This team never fell out of mm -hmm. the top half of the standings. They frequently were in first place throughout it and they're they ended up locking up a, a number three seed and you know the ability to host a game yeah. i don't imagine that they're going into this with shaky knees and lack of confidence <laughs> you know they're not that type of expansion team. No. they've shown that throughout the entire entire season so i don't know it sounds like Listening to you talk a little bit about it, it's something you think this this game you think that the first quarterfinal is actually going to have the goals and you think this one's going to be more narrow um, I do. Okay. I do think this, this game between Chicago and San Diego is going to have a more narrow score line. Um, just because, uh, defensively, honestly, like it, this is no knock against French and Campbell, but I think when you look at Sheridan and Nayer, I mean like these are top, yeah. <laughs> these are like the top goalkeepers in the world. They yeah, were talking about yeah, all yeah. four of them, all four of them. But, but especially when you look at Sheridan and Nayer, like this is, yeah. um, world champion goalkeeper in Alyssa Nair, and then you've got Olympic gold medalist in Kaylin Sheridan. So it's it's top notch. I mean, it comes down to availability. And unfortunately, we're not going to know that until, honestly, I'm going to be really honest with everyone listening and joining us live. We are not going to know the availability until 10 p.m. Eastern <laughs> when this game kicks off. And we see, okay, Alex Morgan is starting, Taylor Korniak starting, or, oh, they're available on the bench. Like, honestly, we're not even going to know until the game is over and we see how many minutes they get because we don't know where they are and kind of how that plays out. Um, yeah. Just being honest with everyone. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with playoffs. you. We're honest. <laughs> no, it, that's that's a huge part of, of, of yeah. why like, making a pick for this one has, has been difficult. So, look, you went, you went first for your pick in the last one. I'll, I'll do you the favor and go first with this one. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I do feel like this could be a narrow, a, a type of narrow scoreline uh, game. I think that actually works in a certain team's favor, if I'm being quite frank. Um and it's also the playoffs, right? It's it's tough to get like these the sort of high scoring blowout type of games. That it's not something that's uh, typically what we've seen when it comes to the NWSL postseason. And I think thinking about the availability reports, knowing that we're going to get them at the time that we're going to get them, if for whatever reason we see San Diego has. Taylor Korniak, 
unavailable. And for the Red Stars, Morgan Gatra is still available and ready to go. She's a player who literally has built her minutes towards the perfect time yeah. for this Red Stars team. And if the Wave have Korniak unavailable and Morgan Gatra is ready to go in this playoff final, the Chicago Red Stars are going to win this quarterfinal. I'm going with the Chicago Red Stars. You're not going to have me, the girl from Chicago, come on to a live show and pick against the Chicago Red Stars. Who do you think I am? I'm exactly who you think I am. I'm I would expect nothing less. I would expect one. nothing less from I'm you, I'm absolutely Sandra. going with them. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I really do think that if this is a manageable type of game where Chicago can somehow – get that moment of brilliance, which we have seen quite often this season from somebody like Mal Pugh and get that kind of narrow 1-0 scoreline that they will succeed and find themselves in another semifinal. Chicago found themselves carrying 1-0 scorelines all the way through last year's playoffs, all the way to okay, the championship so, final. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do they end up winning an NWSL championship? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All I right. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, here, because here's we'll the other take thing. It one game at a time. We'll take it one game at a time. Yeah, but we'll I had to ask. As of right now, this second. No, that can change after this quarterfinal. Yeah, for sure. And if I'm correct, I might absolutely change it. But, you know, you have to look at you know what's available and the circumstances around it. You know. Yeah. But as of right now, this second, this this game October thirteenth Thursday recording, I think it's a very very tall hill, higher than it's ever been before, for, um the team in all of their playoffs and they have seven different, you know, seasons of playoff yeah. history that they can look at. And there were some, and they've never pretty, done it. There were some pretty good teams that they went up against. And um, I think that that's also true this year, but the expanded playoff format and the teams in front of them as well, I think it's, it's even higher and elevated yeah. than it's been before, but who knows that could be a, another motivating factor for this team. So I'm going Chicago one zero. How about you? I love that you're going with Chicago. I would expect nothing less from you, Sandra. I'd actually be disappointed if you didn't go with Chicago. Um, in this match, San Diego versus the Red Stars, I, I think it'll be a narrow scoreline. I think we may even go into overtime, um, maybe penalty kicks. Honestly, like I think this game will really be a grind. Um, availability, right? Like I, I can't stress that enough. Availability, availability, availability yeah. for both sides of these teams. But when it comes down to it, it's Mallory Pugh against Naomi Garma. It is um, Yuki Nagasato against Kaylin Sheridan. It is that front line of Chicago against San Diego's back line because they Chicago has not been known to score a plethora of goals, especially on the road. And if San Diego can keep a shutout, they will win this game hands down. And I think that they can do that. I think that with Kaylin Sheridan in the back, I think with Naomi Gurma, I've just been so impressed yeah. with her. Um, oh, yeah. Eggman in the midfield. Like there are just so many great pieces from the San Diego side that even without Alex Morgan, without Taylor Korniak, without Katie Johnson, um, Doll Kemper, even if none of those players are available, San Diego is going to get the win over Chicago, advance to play Portland. I'm going with San Diego. I love it. We're we're each going for a different team in each of the quarterfinals. I love it. Big fan of that personally. We did not play in this either. Before the recording, we, did. we didn't tell each other. We don't tell each other who we're picking. Or we're Absolutely. Doing, who we're going with. Yeah, no, it sets up, uh, I think, for 
you know, uh, a better recap, quite frankly. Yeah. So we'll see how, how that happens. Uh, it's here. Exciting to, to chat about all of this with you, Lisa. And we're going to keep recapping it and previewing it all along through the NWSL playoffs. And hopefully everybody joining us live can continue to join us throughout the remainder of these playoffs. That's all we've got for you today. Make sure you watch the NWSL quarterfinals. Houston Dash hosting Kansas City Current, 5 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. San Diego Wave hosting Chicago Red Stars, 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating there, and you leave us a review. It'll really help us out here at the show. You can watch us, too. Subscribe on YouTube to know whenever we'll go live. Lisa and I will be back with more coverage, exclusive player interviews, and our NWSL quarterfinal recaps. We'll drop for you on Monday morning. The games are going to go late, y'all, so we will see you in the morning on Monday. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Rowan, this was Attacking Fitness.